All right, great. Hey, thanks everybody for joining. Uh, this is CTD 201, an introduction to Amazon CloudFront and AWS Lambda at Edge. My name is Tom Whitman. I'm uh, on our AWS business development team, and I'm joined by my colleague, Nishit Sani, who's on our AWS product management team. So thanks again for joining. We're going to go over uh, CloudFront and Lambda at Edge. Uh, we'll have about 50 minutes of presentation time, so we're going to try to save about uh, five or 10 minutes for Q&A, and there will be a mic uh, available to you. So uh, to get started, so I want to make sure that uh, everyone's kind of level set on what is CloudFront. Uh, CloudFront is our uh, AWS uh, global content delivery network. Uh, it's primarily um, used for delivery of content egress to uh, customers that are requesting content from your application. It's also used to ingress content into your application servers as well. We consider it an essential component of your cloud infrastructure, uh, and that is because all of the infrastructure components that you have ultimately need to uh, communicate with your audience in some way, uh, and the best way to really do that is putting a, a CDN in front of it. Uh, it's, this, it's a distributed system, so a lot of caching servers around uh, the world with very integrated security controls, uh, and we'll cover the, what those integrated security controls are uh, a little bit later. Uh, we optimize the delivery for a number of use cases. So really there's, there's, very, uh, there's pretty much every use case that you have, uh, you can use the CDN, whether that's for uh, caching content, delivering static assets, or delivering dynamic assets, or using it as a proxy. So as we go through some of the examples, you'll see that you'll probably have an application for using uh, CloudFront. Uh, the service, like all the AWS services, is on demand um, with full user control and it's cost effective. So that's kind of the overview. So uh, what's at the edge? What is at the edge network? Uh, so obviously we have our CloudFront caching servers where we're delivering content egress, but we're also doing ingest and proxy into your application stack. At each of the edge locations, we also have additional uh, capabilities and services. They include our global DNS service, which is route, Amazon Route 53, our firewall service, which is AWS WAF, our managed DDoS protection service, AWS Shield, and our compute at the edge, which is Lambda at Edge. So you can run uh, serverless compute uh, functions there. So the edge is, is more than just a CDN. You have a lot of capabilities that are available to you at your fingertips, and they're all fully integrated into, into the service. I'll walk you through uh, some of that, those integrations as well. So uh, really quickly, why, this, why does the CDN matter? Uh, when you're looking at an application and you're trying to access your application, the typical route that you would have a user, uh, which is shown on the left of your screen, has to access your application. But it's not quite that straightforward. As you know, you have to go through a local ISP and a number of different networks to access your application along the way. As you do that, uh, there's paths that, that you take, and the path that goes to AWS through all these different networks may be different than the path that egresses back to your, uh, to your customer. Uh, and what that does is ultimately at each one of those stops along the way, it could introduce latency as a, as a time delay to hand off between network to network, and it also in, uh, introduces areas of potential risk. Uh, so where you, could, uh, where you could be vulnerable to any type of an attack. Uh, ultimately, that re could result in a subpar performing application. But putting an edge service like CloudFront in front of it essentially takes the AWS cloud and moves it closer to the end user who's accessing your application. And what that means is with uh, Amazon CloudFront and Amazon Route 53, right at the edge, you're immediately accessing the AWS network that much faster. You're a single hop away, and now you're on the AWS network. So you're on our, uh, at our caching servers, which are connected into our regions, which ultimately is where your applications are hosted. Or some of the application functionality that's taking place at the edge, you can start to do that compute immediately. That, eliminates all those different hops along the way and reduces the amount of latency that you end up having in the application. Additionally, when we add in Shield and WAF, you can start to mitigate the risk right there at the first hop into the AWS network. So you don't necessarily have to worry about the risks that go all the way into the application tier. Uh, the Lambda at Edge functionality then allows you to kind of look, look at it as like a Swiss Army knife. You can do a whole lot of different functionality at the edge 
uh, and you bring that closer to the end user, which if you can make your application respond quickly at the edge, it ultimately lowers the response time and speeds up your application. Uh, what that ultimately results in is a faster application experience for the customers that make it a little bit better. So that's why you would want to use uh, the edge type services and CloudFront being at the core of that. So where are we located? Uh, recently, just in the, in, the, in the past week, we announced that we did our 100th edge location. That was about a half a dozen locations ago now, uh, so we're growing, so now we're 100 plus. Uh, the locations are spread out around the world, and we also have, in addition to these edge locations, we also have what are called regional edge caches. And those regional edge caches are, you can think of them as a mid-tier cache where you have many of our different edge locations that, are, that connect to that regional edge cache first before it ultimately talks to your, to your origin server, whether that's an EC2 instance or uh, through, an, through an application load balancer or an ELB. Um, what that does is that provides a, a really good experience for your customers to, uh, and, and lowers the impact on your origin. So we can have global coverage here. So how does CloudFront work really quick? Um, so a, a request comes in from a user, goes into CloudFront. We're trying to get some object. Uh, CloudFront, if it doesn't have the object in cache, if it's not stored, it goes to the origin. In this case, it's S3. S3 then would respond and say, OK, here's the object you're looking for, CloudFront, and return that back to the user. The next user that requests that content just gets it directly from the CDN, because the CDN has it in cache. It's offloaded any of the requests that into your origin, and it speeds up the application delivery. So that's how it essentially it works. There's a couple of components that I want to make sure that you're aware of. Uh, so we're talking that the same uh, language. You, many of you may already be using a CDN. If you're not, uh, this would be new to you. If you're already using a CDN and haven't used CloudFront, this is some of the terminology that you should be familiar with. Each time you set up a CloudFront uh, instance or a distribution, uh, essentially you get a domain name, uh, some alphanumeric abc123.cloudfront.net and you specify the origin where CloudFront's going to get that information. So that's, that's one of the, the origins that, that you put in. You can identify or uh, specify the type of communication protocol, either HTTP or HTTPS, to communicate to the origin. You can also specify that communication protocol from your end user to CloudFront as well. When you're given that distribution name, that, uh, that uh, domain name, you can CNAME that to you know, mysite.com. Uh, uh, so that you don't have to use the abc123.cloudfront.net. But every single distribution gets a cloudfront.net domain. When you select an origin, you can have many different origin types. Uh, and then you can also have CloudFront route to the different origin depending on the, the content type that it needs to get. So it could tr you might be wanting to host your static content in, a, in an S3 bucket. You might want it to uh, uh, host dynamic content into a, uh, an origin server like an EC2 instance. And you want to tell CloudFront through behaviors, uh, get this specific content from these specific origins or for these specific domains that you might want to go to. Uh, and you do that by matching patterns and behaviors. So uh, kind of a quick example here, we'll show four different origins under a single CloudFront distribution on example.com. We can route to different places. And then there's a default. If none of the matches occur, always go to this one origin. There's many methods that we support. So these are the HTTP methods that are supported. The majority of, of uh, requests that come into the CDN are get and head requests. Get requests, obviously, getting the object, the head request, getting the description of the objects, and getting some of the metadata that's associated with it. Put and post to put objects into uh, the origin. Patch to do uh, updates, deletes, and options uh, also to, to, to uh, either remove content or change how the application is interfacing uh, with the end user. So with that basic understanding of what CloudFront is, uh, what, we're, what we've done is broken down the remainder of this presentation uh, by type of use case. And hopefully, you can find a use case that relates to your application here. So we'll go over uh, accelerated websites, uh, optimizing customer user experiences. And, uh, and Nisha will cover that. And then I'll come back and, and I'll uh, do a little bit overview of this live streaming and on-demand streaming and how we do that and how, ultimately how you secure your content because that's always a really important piece, the security component. So uh, Nisha. All right. Thank you. All right, so a quick show of hands. Uh, how many of you have have been familiar with CloudFront before coming to the session or have created a distribution? Okay, so about 
20, 30%. Okay, that's good, good to know. All right, so as Tom mentioned, uh, we're gonna cover four use cases. Let's start with the first one, accelerate websites. So this is you know, the classic CDN case. Uh, you know, there have been numerous studies that say even a one second delay on a website page load time can lead to deteriorated uh, page views, uh, SEO, uh, you know, bad SEO performance, ultimately leading to uh, you know, lower click-throughs and uh, lower revenues. So that's a bad situation. How does the CDN help? So let's take an example. Um, a typical website architecture, um, you know, a typical website has some static content, some dynamic content. Here I'm showing uh, an example WordPress site. Uh, you know, WordPress site behind uh, Amazon CloudFront distribution. It has static content, which is, you know, typically your images, your uh, CSS, your JSS, uh, JavaScript, etc. cetera. Uh, static content, by definition, is cacheable, right? The content does not change. There is state, and then there is, uh, the dynamic content. For dynamic content, you know, this is uh, typically HTML, uh, you know, developed by, gen dynamically generated by a code, uh, a PHP code or WordPress in this case. It may or may not be cacheable. You know, some dynamic content may be cacheable. It, it changes state, but may not be as frequently, and some may be completely uncacheable. So what do we do in this case? How does the CDN help in both these scenarios? All right, so for static content, Cloud, with CloudFront you get a lot of uh, you know, configurability in terms of um, uh, caching, improving a cache hit ratio. A cache hit ratio is something which says, well, how many times the content is served from the cache as opposed to CloudFront having to go to the origin. Uh, for improving the cacheability of static content, you set high TTLs, TTL being time to live. Um, you know, you can do that with, um, in, in, with the cache control headers on your origin, or uh, you, know, you can do that in combination with customizing the cacheable uh, configurations with CloudFront, setting the minimum TTL, maximum, and default TTL values. A recommendation that we uh, often provide to our customers is, you know, as much as possible, don't forward headers, query strings, or cookies for static content. The reason we say that is because it, you know, each header combination with the content forms a unique object, and that then has to be cached uh, uniquely, separately, and it would uh, impact your cache uh, cacheability. So, as much as possible, you know, avoid that. In, we know in certain cases you do have to do it. You do have to forward headers, uh, user agent headers, etc. Uh, but if you can, for static content, use uh, the CloudFront defaults. All right, so now personalized content. You know, CloudFront also allows to personalize, to cache personalized content. So here, you know, if you do have to forward uh, request headers for your origin, for example, um, you know, you can vary uh, the responses based on a user agent header. So a user agent header may have, um, you know, configurations like is desktop viewer or is it a mobile viewer or, uh, you know, tablet viewer, et cetera. You can vary responses based on language, you know, what language is the content uh, being requested in, or based on uh, a protocol, forward protocol. Now, when, when you um, forward these headers, uh, CloudFront then can cache content based on the cache key which comprises of these header values uh, as well. But again, you know, be very selective in, in which headers you want to forward uh, to improve cacheability. So that was static, but what about dynamic, right? So I mentioned that dynamic content, you have uh, low TTLs, uh, the state changes uh, very frequently. And often customers ask us, will, will a CDN help? What's the value in me adding a CDN to dynamic content like API or code? Well, there is, and in fact, there, is a, there are a lot of customers who use uh, CDNs, uh, Amazon CloudFront for dynamic content acceleration. So first of all, you know, as I said, even dynamic content can have, you know, can be cacheable. You know, you can have low TTLs. For example, look at, uh, you know, a query string, um, or let's say an API call. In both cases, uh, you know, the content may be cacheable for a very low TTL, maybe one second, two second TTL. Uh, API call, for example, you know, let's say you have an API uh, which gets 
thousand RPS requests per seconds to your uh, origin. If you set a one second TTL on this, and when users request uh, access this API endpoint, and it's you know it's proxied by CloudFront, you're now you know instead of sending a thousand, your origin instead of uh, absorbing a thousand requests per second, uh, because the cloud because CloudFront uh, collapses the request, would only get uh, one. And that, again, is, an exa uh, you know, is a benefit that uh, you can get for uh, caching dynamic content. There are some other benefits as well, uh, you know, like keep alive connections uh, to reduce round trip times and SSL optimizations. I'm going to go over these two of them. Uh, there are security benefits as well that Tom's going to cover a little later. So keep alive connections, before we do that, let's level set. You know, so there's this concept of TCP IP handshake. Every HTTP connection uh, runs on TCP IP. And uh, you know, for a connection, HTTP connection to work, you know, a, a TCP handshake has to be completed first. How does that work? Let's take an example. Let's say there are two users, um, and the latency between the user and an origin, in this case being you know, uh, an Amazon EC2 region, uh, behind an ELB is 100 milliseconds, okay? Uh, the first step in a, in a TCP handshake, uh, the user sends a SYN, a SYN packet, the origin responds with SYN ACK, user then responds back with an acknowledgement ACK and makes a request for content. Origin then responds with the first byte and your first byte latency in this case uh, is four times 100, 100 uh, 400 milliseconds. Now what happens with the second user? The second user also goes through the same thing. Uh, ascend, synac, ACK, and then gets back the content, 400 millisecond latency. Now let's say you, know, you, start, uh, you put CloudFront as a proxy for this. And when you put CloudFront as a proxy, now in this case, because the CloudFront edge location is closer to the viewers, uh, let's say in this case the latency is 20 milliseconds between the user and the CloudFront edge. And the latency between CloudFront Edge to um, the origin is 80 milliseconds. So the, the total time is still 100, uh, as the previous example. But what happens in this case? The first user comes in, uh, goes through the exact same process, makes a SYN, SYNAC, ACK, and uh, request for content to CloudFront, to the CloudFront Edge. CloudFront is doing the, the, the termination of the session over there. And then CloudFront, in turn, gets and, and does a TCP handshake with the origin. Um, so the first half, the left half of this, uh, the, the total time is still 20 times four is 80. And then on the right side, 80 times four, 320, the total still is 400 milliseconds. What happens with the second user? When now another user comes in and makes a, makes a TCP connection, and if it's you know, requesting for that content, the, the first, the left-hand side of the TCP handshake still happens the same way, you know, four times 20 is the uh, 80 millisecond latency. But then CloudFront, instead of having to uh, have another TCP session with the, uh, with the origin, uses the, uh, you know, the session that is alive and instead, uh, you know, leverages uh, that, that keep alive session. So now the total latency, you know, is four times 20 plus um, you know, 160, 80 times two. And it becomes, uh, that's a typo, it should be 240. So 80 plus uh, 160. So you see that, you know, there's almost a 40% improvement in, in the uh, latency with the Keep Alive. And CloudFront allows a configurable Keep Alive, uh, you know, setting with, with your origin. The next benefit, as I mentioned, is, you know, SSL TLS optimizations. So you know, CloudFront supports uh, SSL TLS traffic, both in half bridge and full bridge connections. What I mean by that is, you know, you can have HTTPS to, from the viewer to the CloudFront edge, and it could be a HTTP connection back to your origin. That's half bridge. Or it could be, you know, HTTPS through and through, a full bridge connection. You may want to use half bridge for, you know, a content, a piece of content that's um, you know, that's publicly, uh, publicly available, accessible, you know, may not be as uh, sensitive, or you may want to keep HTTPS through and through. But we do termination at the edge closer to your end users, and that's what gives the benefit of 
uh, you know, of lower latency. There are a number of performance and security enhancements to, uh, to the SSL uh, TLS optimizations, for example, session tickets. So you know, once, uh, once a SSL negotiation session is complete, the next time uh, later when the user comes back, you know, CloudFront has already generated an SSL session ticket. With that session ticket, uh, the user may not, does not have to go through the entire um, you know, negotiation again. There's OCSP st uh, stapling for certificate validation, um, also leads to performance improvement, and then perfect forward secrecy, which essentially, you know, you're, you're regenerating a private key. Um, you know, it can only be used for that particular session. If it gets disclosed, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to uh, recreate a previous sort of forward session. Okay. So here's an example, a case study uh, for a customer, uh, Slack. Many of you might know Slack. It's a messaging platform. Um, they use CloudFront uh, for dynamic uh, content acceleration for the APIs. So the Slack Web API, uh, you know, it, it has posts and gets to an HTTPS endpoint. It responds with uh, JSON uh, objects. And their architecture is, you know, the, Slack, the API endpoint is, is uh, you know, fronted by uh, Route 53 alias and a CloudFront distribution. And the origin is uh, an EC2 instance uh, behind an ELB. They went through this migration uh, a year or two back, uh, primarily driven by the acceleration benefits of the API using CloudFront, as well as security benefits, um, you know, DDoS protection, uh, distributed denial of service protection. So what they've learned as, as a process and when they measured, you know, the average response time um, for the API dropped from 480 milliseconds to 200 milliseconds uh, with, with this, uh, uh, cloud. And if you look at the details, uh, you know, this is the connection breakdown. You look at 488 milliseconds on the left uh, without uh, CloudFront, uh, with the SSL session taking 215 milliseconds. On the right is with CloudFront data, uh, and that's 199, 200 milliseconds, with SSL uh, improvements going to 52 milliseconds. So there's, you know, there is definite benefit, and I encourage you to to look at CDN, look at CloudFront, not just for static, but also for uh, dynamic content acceleration. All right, so let's go to the next use case. So our customers ask us, um, well, okay, I, I have put my website static and dynamic content uh, behind the CDN, but I want to customize my user experiences. I don't want to just offer, uh, you know, uh, generic responses I want to customize based on different user categories or parameters. So in comes Lambda at Edge. Again, quick show of hands. Uh, who's familiar with AWS Lambda? Great. So it looks like more, uh, you know, more familiarity with that. So AWS Lambda allows you to run serverless code, right? And it, Lambda at Edge is an extension of AWS Lambda. This is something that we launched um, Earlier this year, we went, uh, we went actually preview at last reInvent and uh, launched GA in July of this year. What Lambda at Edge does is it allows you to, to trigger um, a code, you know, Node.js code that you write at CloudFront locations closer to your viewers. You have no servers to manage. It's completely serverless, and it's distributed. So you write a code once, uh, and it's distributed at global locations. And you don't pay for idle servers. You, know, you, don't, you only pay for the code that's executed. And it scales. It scales according to the requests uh, or the load that uh, you know, comes on. The benefit is because it runs closer to the viewers, it helps uh, improve viewer latency for your end users. And it simplifies the origin infrastructure. You don't have to run you know, fleet of proxy servers to, to redirect to do URL redirects, or you don't have to run fleet of proxy servers to, to uh, do authentication of your users uh, in your origin server. You can do all that logic at, at the CloudFront locations at the edge in line with the request. All right, so what are the triggers for Lambda at Edge? So when you're using CloudFront and Lambda at Edge, uh, there are four triggers that you can use to, to trigger your function execution. You know, and I'm going to, on the, on the image on the left, I'm going to go from um, 
left to left to right and um, in a clockwise direction. So the first trigger is viewer request. Uh, you know, when a viewer sends a request, uh, you can execute a, a trigger a lambda function after CloudFront receives the request from the viewer for content. Um, the next one is for on a cache miss. So you know, before CloudFront, on a cache miss, before CloudFront sends a request to the origin, you can execute a, uh, um, a lambda function, lambda at edge function. And then uh, there is origin response. You know, when origin responds with, uh, you know, with, with the content, uh, you can insert, you can trigger a lambda function uh, to modify uh, the response or to modify the response before um, caching it. And finally, viewer response, which is, you know, before CloudFront sends uh, the response back to the viewer, um, you can you, know, you can add additional uh, cookies or stuff um, in in the viewer response functions. From the console, CloudFront allows you to you know associate lambda functions with these different triggers. You see that on the right. Um, you can you know you can add the distribution ID and the cache behavior associated with this and the associated event type, viewer requests, origin requests, response types, etc. Okay. This is what um, a lambda at edge function structure looks like. It's a you know pretty simple example of a HTTP redirect uh, use case with 302 status code and a location header. So each function has uh, an export handler, um, you know, an event handler, and then uh, there is you know there's like for example in this function uh, there's a status uh, 302 status and the headers with key, the, the key value of location and the URL that is redirecting to uh, included. And, and your function also has a callback, which essentially uh, you know, puts the callback parameters for request or response. All right. So what are the other use cases? We've, you know, we've seen customers implement a variety of uh, use cases, customization use cases with Lambda at Edge. Uh, this is where you know, the power of Lambda at Edge comes in, right? So we've seen customers um, inspect the user agent headers and uh, serve content based on device properties or user attributes, user agent attributes, customized content. We've seen some customers who have, uh, you know, implemented visitor session validation logic with Lambda at Edge. You know, you look at, uh, you know, you can inspect tokens, uh, authentication tokens, add access control headers, and uh, before, before you send that uh, request back to the origin to serve you know, different content to authenticated versus unauthenticated users. Uh, there's you know, URL customization. So you can rewrite URLs uh, from you know, the, the ugly URLs uh, exposing directory structure to you know, vanity URLs. Uh, or you can look at you know, some customers, um, their marketing departments, for example, you know, when they launch a new website, they want to do A/B testing. They want to look at you know different versions of the website and redirect users to uh, A or B version uh, to test which one uh, works better. You can implement that with Lambda at Edge. You can flip a coin. That's essentially you know uh, on a, based on a random uh, probability, um, send users to different versions. Security is another popular, very popular use case. Uh, you know a lot of our customers. Um, use Lambda at Edge to insert security headers like CSP, HSTS, etc. And you know that helps with uh, the SEO rankings. That helps improve the security uh, of their security posture of their website. Bot handling, for example, you know based on whether the request is coming from um, you know a bot user, a big a bad bot or a good bot, you can you can redirect the the you know the the, the request to different uh, use cases, different pages. So essentially, you know, how do you get started? <coughs> you can write your own code. Uh, we also, um, you know, we also generate blueprints. We, we develop blueprints. We have uploaded blueprints to the Lambda console. Um, we also provide example codes, uh, GitHub repositories with example codes so that, you know, it helps you get started. You don't have to start from scratch. Um, we also have a lot of uh, you know blogs that we write about um, new innovative use cases uh, that help customers you know think of a situation or maybe leverage that use case in their own uh, in their own environment. And we provide lambda uh, uh, lambda at edge uh, example codes and functions along with those blogs. So I encourage you to you know to look at those blogs, uh, 
it's usually posted in the AWS Compute blog or uh, a newly launched content uh, delivery and networking blog uh, on AWS website. All right. But Lambda at Edge, you know, uh, we don't stop there. We, we've spent or invested a lot of time, and we continue to do that with uh, new capabilities. Just last week, uh, we launched three new capabilities. Uh, the first one is content-based dynamic origin selection. This, you know, this was a, a hugely requested feature uh, from our customers. What it does is, based on you know, user uh, attributes like headers, query strings, uh, etc. You can now intelligently and dynamically route requests to different origins. So think of a use case here. Um, yesterday, in fact, I was me. I met with a customer that said, "Well, you know, I want to redirect my users. I want to send my users on the from the East Coast to my East Coast data centers, and users from my West Coast, US West, to my West Coast data centers. And I want to implement that logic at the edge, as opposed to running a fleet of uh, proxy servers at my origin." Now this allows you to do that. You don't have to run that fleet of proxy servers. You can do, you know, you can implement this data locality or geoproximity use cases with with Lambda at Edge. Um, another feature that we launched, capability that we launched last week, was um, network calls on viewer-facing events. Again, this is enables authentication at the edge. Now you can make a request to an authentication service, request the uh, authenticate the users, and then you know send them to different versions of your content based on the authentication levels. Um, and, the la and the last one being um, advanced content aggregation and binary support. So <clears throat> think of a use case. With binary support, you can call a service like um, you know, Amazon Recognition. You can do uh, image you know, recognition. You can look at the relevant portions of the image. You can compress images. You can call uh, compression libraries. Man image manipulation on the fly. Uh, generate and aggregate content, dynamic content on the fly, and, uh, and serve users the, the various versions of your content. All this is enabled because you, know, you now have compute at the edge. And with, with expanded function uh, limits, you can do a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more with, with Lambda at Edge. Um, so trying it out is really easy. Um, you, know, you can, um, you only, as I said, you only pay for uh, the functions that are executed, um, and you know, I encourage you to go take a look at that. And uh, with now, I'll pass it on to Tom. Thank you. Great, thanks, Nishit. Okay, cool. So we'll go on to the next uh, the next use case, uh, which is uh, live and video on demand streaming. So uh, many of you may have uh, video content. Video content is um, you know a primary driver of internet traffic. Uh, so if you don't have it, uh, you probably will at some point in time. So we'll talk a little bit about how we, how we handle that in, in large volume. So, uh, so some of the media origins that CloudFront uses uh, for static content and even for some live content, you have uh, Amazon S3 being used. So you can store uh, you know, the, uh, the full uh, video uh, file, or you can store for dynamic uh, bitrate streaming or adaptive bitrate streaming uh, segments, including HLS, smooth streaming, or dash uh, segments. And that's really good for, for downloads. Uh, and then CloudFront will just get that content from S3, put it in the cache, uh, and then send it out. For the uh, custom origins uh, that are available for live and VOD content include our AWS Elemental uh, media services. And if you haven't seen, we uh, had five new services that were launched earlier this week. Uh, they can be used as origin for uh, the live content, uh, and we can and those services can do additional features and, and functions. I encourage you to look look at those, including uh, packaging uh, on the fly, uh, do uh, uh, encoding and transcoding, uh, and then those integrate directly with with CloudFront. You can also run your own media server. Uh, and that media server can be uh, on an EC2 instance, or it can be your own media server, even hosted in. Uh, in your own data center. You can run uh, the WOWS streaming server, or uh, unified streaming, or an Adobe media server. Uh, any of these can serve as an origin. Essentially, any uh, publicly addressable HTTP uh, server can be used to, to stream the content. Um, so some of the content types that are available uh, include some of the static assets that might be. So when you're creating a, a video uh, uh, 
site, and you'll, you'll have static assets around it too, right? The page itself, uh, the, the player uh, that will be there, and you'll set the different parameters for the type of content with CloudFront uh, differently depending on those assets, right? So you'll set your static uh, asset uh, cache control uh, headers uh, in, in CloudFront uh, in this way, and you can do that with uh, the, the different content types. Uh, you'll have your login and landing pages. That's, that's your main page. Uh, and you'll have a different uh, type of um, max age uh, that you set here. Uh, and then you're, you're going to have uh, the cookie settings as well. Uh, then you'll have the media fragments. This is where it gets really exciting, right? So these are the transport segments, especially for the adaptive bitrate uh, protocols. Here you're going to set a different max age, and, and you're going to be delivering these specific segments and streaming these out to the, the millions of users that are requesting them over and over again. The next thing that we'll have is the live streaming manifest. And the manifest is, is describing where am I going to get the, the transport streams for the different bit rate and for the different device type uh, that's requesting the particular content. Uh, and you set the, the, uh, uh, the max age on that to a much lower value because that manifest file is changing. Uh, as the, the video stream is, is progressing because we want to look at the heuristics of the player, the internet connection, the speed, and optimize for that video delivery. Uh, so that's where you'd set some of the cache control parameters a little bit differently within CloudFront. And finally, the dynamic content that, that uh, Nisha just uh, spoke about. Uh, not only would you have uh, some of the login information, some of the authentication information, but also uh, potentially some of the advertisement that surrounds and monetizes uh, the particular video uh, that, that is being displayed. So these are the different content types uh, that, uh, that you can distribute. Uh, that are typical within a, a video use case. So how does that actually work then? Uh, and how do we protect that content? Because it's a, it's a big deal for most of these uh, video assets are high quality video assets, whether it's even user generated content uh, can have a, a lot of value, especially if you have a subscription based service. And obviously broadcast content has a, has a very high value because you can monetize it from various different advertising resources. So protecting that content is done when a viewer uh, essentially requests um, access to the application, and you'll get the application credentials. Now, you can also do this within CloudFront using Lambda at Edge, or you can go directly into the application tier itself. The uh, response back from the application uh, or from CloudFront can be um, a signed cookie or a signed URL. And then a request then is made back into uh, CloudFront for the asset itself, which may be stored in S3. CloudFront would, would get that and then the cache response ends up going back to the viewer. So same exact flow, whether it's live content, video on demand, static asset, dynamic asset, CloudFront sitting there um, can protect that asset as it delivers it to. So it's doing that authentication step. For customers that have large events, uh, so you, know, you, you may have a large event, maybe it's a new product launch, marketing event, a live event that you're going to be streaming and you need help. We do offer an event management service, uh, and it is applicable to Amazon CloudFront. Uh, it's included with enterprise support, and there's a fee for service with business support. Um, we encourage our customers to take about three or four weeks to contact us. We'll walk through you all the preparedness steps that you need to take to make sure that you can scale the entire application and have the CloudFront distribution set up in the right way so that you can support the, uh, the, the VOD uh, event uh, or the, the live event. So uh, contacting us uh, is a really good uh, idea there if you, if you need help in these events. Um, the, the big use case on this one that I'd like to highlight, uh, and it, there was a session earlier today, so I encourage you to, uh, to view the recording on it, is uh, Hulu. So Hulu is uh, doing a live and uh, on-demand TV service uh, in North America, and they have over 600 streams uh, that they're delivering. Uh, they are using... Uh, a ingest into AWS using Direct Connect and an Internet Gateway into multiple AZs, and then they split up and they do packaging, uh, and they generate their own uh, version of uh, Dash and HLS, uh, and they store the content and the, the manifest through EC2, send it over to S3, and then ultimately deliver via CloudFront 
um, and, and other CDNs, so you can have a multi-CDN strategy, so we, we certainly support that, and especially when you have a, a very large event or a very large service like Hulu, uh, you can deliver a high-quality uh, broadcast level experience with CloudFront. So that's the, uh, the live and on-demand uh, example. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about security and securing the content and the, in, uh, the included security features of the service and then the add-on features as well. So the built-in security controls, uh, there's really two categories over. The first is access control. How do I access the, uh, uh, get access to the content or where it's being, being hosted? So the first thing is uh, creating a, a custom origin protection or header and, an, uh, and uh, an access control list. So what you can do on your, on your custom origin, we publish all of our uh, all of our IP address range. And so, and we'll, we'll provide that to you uh, in a JSON if you want to put a, an ACL onto your origin and just allow requests from CloudFront, you can do that. When we update our IP address range, when we're adding all these edge locations, you can subscribe to an SNS topic, and when you do, uh, that'll fire off. You can have a Lambda execute, update your uh, ACL, if, or you can uh, update your own ACL. If you're not running Lambda, if you're running this on a custom origin in your own data center, uh, you can update your ACL uh, the way you normally would. We'll also, send, we'll also allow you to put a custom header in there, so identify not only is it CloudFront making the request, but it's CloudFront plus this additional key that I want to put in there so that I have an additional authentication step. Uh, you also have content protection. This is the signed URLs and the cookies, the example uh, that I gave a little bit earlier. So on each request that comes in, we authenticate the user first. We create a unique URL that's signed or a signed cookie. The signed cookies would be used for the individual transport streams because you don't want to create an individual signature for, for each TS. You'll keep the, the cookie valid for the entire length of that stream. You also have content restriction and geoblocking. So it's built into built into CloudFront, so if you, want, if you only have rights to distribute content or you have legitimate reasons to block users from specific ge geographies, you can use CloudFront's built-in geo service and uh, you can whitelist or blacklist where you want to deliver content to. Uh, you can also update that and or augment that with Lambda at Edge features. And then S3 identity uh, or origin access identity, so if you're, if you're Origin is specifically within S3. If you set up an origin access identity, only that bucket can only be accessed by CloudFront. And we actually automate that process of setting up an origin access ID. When you set up a CloudFront distribution, you can say, hey, I want this to be S3, and I also want to lock down access to this bucket so that it's just CloudFront. So we kind of set that up for you so you don't have to uh, work on that too much. The next piece of it is, uh, is the encryption. So we talked a little bit about encryption for SSL, and we support advanced ciphers, and we also have our Amazon Certificate Manager ACM service. Um, Nisha covered OCSP stapling, the session tickets, the perfect forward secrecy. These are the SSL optimizations that are included to uh, lower the connection um, uh, tax on your server, offload that to uh, CloudFront, and then also speed up that connection as well. Other thing is the protocol enforcement, the full bridge and half bridge connections, and then the TLS versions, and something new that I'd like to discuss, which is field level encryption. And uh, this really comes in, into play, especially when we look at compliance, and there's the number of uh, compliance that CloudFront has, including um, uh, PCI, HIPAA, ISO, uh, and SOC compliance. So let's talk a little bit about field level encryption. So this is a new uh, feature of CloudFront that's coming uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially when you look at uh, uh, PCI uh, compliance or commerce type applications, or really any application where you need to take a specific field and do an encryption on it so that it can't be, that, that particular field can't be accessed. And so this is in addition to SSL. So you could have sensitive data come in, encrypt that data as soon as it arrives at CloudFront, and so you, you, we do a key exchange, we share that key, and when we encrypt that, that data, then it gets sent off back into your uh, origin infrastructure and remains encrypted until the decryption key that you maintain uh, gets it and you decrypt it in order to read what's in there. So now you have SSL connections 
full bridge or half bridge. You can do a full bridge connection here. And then you have specific fields on the put or post request that go back into your origin, fully encrypted, that you can decrypt at origin. And uh, this is kind of what it looks like. So without field level encryption, on the top, what you have is a post request, uh, HTTP or HTTPS, uh, that comes in for this particular user, uh, Bob and his phone number. It could be Bob and his credit card number. It could be you know, his social security number. Whatever it is, sensitive data that you need to, to ingest. With the encryption, as soon as we get it, we'll encrypt it at the edge. And this, the encryption key that you maintain won't be compromised. Only you have it, and you maintain it with, between you and CloudFront. Once you get it and decrypt it, then you get Bob's phone number. So those are the built-in security features with CloudFront. There's no additional charges for those. You get those with the service. For the uh, additional integrations, we have the AWS WAF. So at each one of our edge locations, we have our Layer 7 packet filtering service has super fast rule propagation. If you get an opportunity to view one of the WAF uh, sessions or one of, the, one of the, the workshops, I encourage you to do so. You can see that the rule propagation happens in uh, less than a second. And we uh, look at those rules and we process them in milliseconds. So you're able to have web application firewall services uh, that include things like string matching, uh, that include regex support now, that include a number of different rules to help you along with the OWASP top 10 mitigations. Uh, we have Shield Advanced, which is the managed anti-DDoS service. We're doing layer three and four network level protections as soon as you come in. The really cool thing about this with CloudFront is fully integrated is that the hardware, the machinery that, that's used to do that network protection is right there at the edge location. There's no additional connections you need to make. There's no physical connections. There's no architectural changes that you need to make in your entire environment. So even if you have a lockdown on, hey, I can't, now that it's you know, this part, part of the year, I can't do any architectural changes, you can still turn on uh, this service and be fully protected with, uh, with DDoS. It includes the WAF service at no additional charge. Um, and then it gives you access to our 24-7 DDoS response team. The certificate manager. Uh, you get uh, SSL certs. Uh, those are also included for free with CloudFront. And you can also use those with uh, the application load balancers. Um, AWS config uh, can also be used with CloudFront. You can trigger uh, Lambda upon different changes. You can maintain compliant operations and ensure that all changes are consistent when people are making changes or developers are making changes to different parts of your distributions. And finally, CloudWatch. You want to get an eye on how CloudFront is actually performing. You want to see. Uh, you know, who's requesting what content, what's the popular object, what are the bytes uploaded and downloaded, what's my error rates, those are all included with CloudFront as well. So you get some really good visibility. So how much does it cost? This is uh, another thing. So we have three different, different pricing um, options for our customers. As with all services, we have on-demand pricing. Uh, and so the on-demand pricing works um, on a per-region basis, depending on where the content is being delivered from, which edge location. That's all published online. But we all, and included with CloudFront uh, are all those security features that I talked about. And there's no setup fee. There's no usage fee until you actually start delivering content or accepting or pushing content in, into it. So you can set up CloudFront distribution in front of your application, try to give it a test, make sure all your configurations are ready. won't cost you anything. We also have a free tier, so when you do turn on, you can test it and make sure that it's operating correctly and you're getting the right responses. And we also have something called reserve capacity. As your volume starts to increase over time, uh, you can contact us and our, through our sales teams and we offer discounts to our pricing worldwide. And then we also have price classes that are built in that you can configure and change on the fly. And these allow you to optimize where you're delivering content from because we price from different regions at different amounts. So you can say, hey, I want to, I want to deliver content at a lower cost, so I'll change my, my price class. Uh, so really the benefits of the Edge application include these. Um, so you'll create a really close, tight application boundary. You reduce your uh, risk uh, for uh, the surface area of the edge. You'll improve the security and ask access to those applications. But there's many latency impacts uh, that are reduced, or many latency benefits that are, uh, that are offered by lowering the latency, you increase the performance and control of the application by offloading a lot of that to CloudFront. Um, it's a scalable network component. 
right? So there's nothing really that you need to do. Once you turn it on, it scales to meet the demand of your customer. And as we add edge locations, you don't have to do anything. They're automatically included into your CloudFront distribution, including all those other security benefits that, that you may have. So if you have the WAF or the DDoS, as we add more locations, we become more distributed. You, have to, you don't have to do anything to get all the benefits of that and no additional charges. Uh, overall, it reduces the total cost of data transfer. This is super important for you to know as well, because when you're hosting content within AWS, you have the AWS origin, and you need to have CloudFront go back and get that. When, you, when CloudFront gets the content from that origin, there's no data transfer fee, zero. And then you only pay the data transfer fee out from CloudFront. So if you're, if you're using just your, your infrastructure and you're just doing your data transfer out from EC2 or ELBs or maybe you're using another network service to deliver it, you'll pay that, that egress fee. And most of the time, well, all the time, uh, CloudFront will be less expensive than it will be from data egress from just the, the AWS origin. So you end up getting a, a performance impact, but then it's also at a lower cost. So it's, it's, it's uh, a really great idea to implement it even if you have non-cacheable assets and you're just using it as a proxy. Uh, and then you also get this visibility for your application analytics. So in addition to what I showed you in CloudWatch, you also have the, the logs that are delivered to an S3 bucket. You can then take those logs and ingest them into a log analyzer that, that you may have and then make changes on the fly to uh, how CloudFront may be responding. Or you can have a Lambda function go in and parse through your logs, look for specific things that are happening within the CDN, and then make changes to the distribution, either through Lambda at Edge or through the different behaviors, because it's all API-driven. So it's fully under your control to modify the CDN on demand, depending on what's actually happening. So uh, getting started with CloudFront, with WAF, and Shield is pretty easy. You basically start a CloudFront distribution, Launch a cloud, you can also launch CloudFront template snippets that we have uh, based on uh, CloudFormation. So if you do a search about CloudFront template snippets, you'll see a whole bunch of them. We'll actually build the, the, the CloudFront configuration for you. Uh, the distribution will be set up. The, the parameters will be set up for you. And then you can go in and tweak it as you wish. Uh, then to create the WAF and, and put the WAF on there, you would create a web ACL. You'd associate that web ACL to the CloudFront distribution. And then you could also launch pre-configured rules that you have to, that, to make it really easy to block specific bots or spammers or whatever it may be. Uh, activating Shield, again, no architectural changes there. You just turn on the service and say, that's the distribution I want to protect. And it's automatically uh, protected immediately. And then Route 53, you can create or manage a hosted zone, do a C name in front of that, uh, 123.cloudfront.net. And it looks like it's your own, own domain. So there's some related sessions uh, that, that I think you should uh, go ahead and take a look at. Uh, those are, are here. The, the next one is uh, at 11.30. Uh, there's the CloudFront flash talks that might be really interesting. Uh, there's a 400 level for securing application, uh, CloudFront distribution. We'll go into a little bit more detail there uh, and uh, a case study. Uh, supercharging websites with the power of Lambda at Edge. So we'll go into more detail uh, on Lambda at Edge and writing some of the code there. Uh, and then... Uh, some of the video delivery. We'll go into a little bit more detail there with the 400 level uh, session. And again, the completed session that we had for the recording. Uh, we do have about five minutes left. So if you have any questions, uh, just uh, raise your hand. We've got uh, a gentleman over here with a, a microphone, uh, or a lady, I'm sorry, with a microphone. So uh, if you have any questions, Nisha and I would be happy to, to take those at this point.